0: I did
1: it, but I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, shorttime podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Peyton. See you later, Ala Pater Green. And his
0: tag team partner, making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools,
1: Zach. The Wacky Pack, Barlow! This is a show for long-time wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to take you through some of the biggest shows, matches, and rivalries in wrestling history. Or at least the ones that I can talk about for a while.
0: And if you know nothing about wrestling, don't worry. Because as you'll soon find out, I, I don't either. So, Peyton, what are we going to be talking about today?
1: We're going to be doing something a little bit different than we've done in our other episodes. You know, we're not talking about a specific show. We're talking about a person. We're talking about the man. The The big show. No, not the big show. We're talking about the big show. We're not talking about the big show. We're talking about the man, the meme, the legend, Big Match John, the... Star of the Fred movie. John John Cena. <laughs> Zach, tell me what, what you know about John Cena, like before going into this. Uh okay. Here's what I know about John Cena.
0: He is he is an invisible man. You can't Which is you, both a blessing and a curse. You cannot see him, that's true. You Yes. Um which made it really hard for him to rise to prominence in the WWE because, well, you can't see him, so it's kind of kind of boring to watch some of his matches because you're just like, "Is this guy fighting himself?" And then, additionally, I know that uh, your time is up, and his time is now.
1: You know what? And then you know what's the? Uh, oh, sorry, let me interrupt you. You know what's the most boring match of all time? John Cena versus Chris Benoit because they're both invisible. <laughs>
0: Um, damn, but yeah, uh, and then other than that, I know that a lot of people don't like him because he never loses, uh, quote unquote, never loses, and uh, then also that he's actually like a super chill guy in real life outside of the kayfade.
1: Here Here's the thing with with John Cena. And I, I don't know if you know this, but John Cena most his most recent project is a uh, is a commercial for Sky Vodka.
0: Hell yeah. Have you
1: seen that? No, I haven't, but I do like me some Sky Vodka. You should look it up. And see, I feel like John Cena is the perfect person to represent Sky Vodka because they have a lot in common because much like Sky Vodka, John Cena, I have a lot of fond memories of, but also too much of him makes me throw up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't taste me. My time is now. Triple distilled, my time is now. Alright, you're 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 reaching. Yeah, that was, you're, I mean, hey, I'm not going to say you're wrong. And you're, it's actually
1: really right. funny, because at the time of recording this, I, I was just looking up John Cena for to get prepared for the show, but at the time of recording this, he tweeted uh, not too long ago um, that he, well, he actually tweeted uh, two days ago, but it's just kind of making the news now uh that he says he is ready to return home to the WWE. At this point John Cena is kind of a part-timer. He doesn't he doesn't really wrestle that regu- regularly anymore. Uh he's doing a lot of movies. He's kind of going down the the rock route. But uh, you know, he's uh he's kind of one of those guys who's really always going to be a part of the WWE. He's always going to make his comeback. Uh, I I do have to say though, my favorite thing he's ever
0: done was when he's in that uh, movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler as a drug dealer.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually really funny. <laughs> um, no, I I uh, see when I was watching him. So I grew up, I was a huge John Cena fan. I had his belt. I like used to dress up like him. Like at the most inappropriate times, it would be like Peyton, you're take off your throwback jersey. You're ruining Thanksgiving. <laughs> Peyton, uh, this is a funeral <laughs> I, I need you to take the chain off I love John Cena I even got his autograph one time at a wrestling show Back when he was still kind of a mid-carder um, Oh, hell yeah I did, and then he started He started getting really popular And I think the problem was Is that the WWE really pushed him And he would win You know, sometimes it's it got to a point where you're like, well, i i already know what's going to happen. i know john cena is going to win. he beats everybody, you know. he beats all these big names. and so i think people ended up getting tired of that. and he also kind of went from his cool rapper gimmick to a very generic i'm a fighter man kind of gimmick. Okay.
0: Well, let's put let's put some quotes around cool because i have grievances.
1: Okay. It was cool in 2003. It seemed very cool. <laughs> Much like a lot of other white guys in 2003, he was... Eminem. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess let's go ahead and get into it. We're just kind of going to talk about some of his big matches that I just kind of picked. Uh, these are the ones I feel like kind of tell his story the best, and, and I'll, I'll do my best to kind of fill in the gaps as we go. Um, a curated uh, list yeah. of
0: only the Finest John Cena, selected just for your taste buds yeah, by Mister Peyton. Medium
1: Graham. rare John Cena, cooked to mm. perfection. Um, let, let's let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, talk about some of his accomplishments. Uh, he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers in WWE history. Uh, he's been a three-time World Heavyweight Champion and a thirteen-time WWE Champion, which would make him a sixteen-time World champion, tied for Ric Flair with most world championships. I think that's a record that they will probably not have him break. Especially at this point, it doesn't seem like he's gonna. He's, you know, he's not a world champion kind of guy anymore. Uh, but hey, you never know. Um, he's also uh, so.
0: When we talk about championships, we talk about uh, how accomplished a wrestler is. Like we know that the matches where they gain these mean nothing, but it doesn't mean nothing completely because it is like the company picked you, you're popular enough, you're good enough at this right exactly,
1: like, and a lot of responsibility comes with that to being the top guy on the company yeah it's 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 not you know it's not meaningless it means that the company sees something in you, they think that you can be the face of the company, and John Cena was the face of the company for a long time, uh you know he's kind of that era's Stone Cold, The Rock, or Hulk Hogan. Um you know, he's also a five or a yes, a five time tag team champion, a five time US champion. I believe he's the most he has the most US title wins of any person in WWE. Uh two time Royal Rumble champion. One I wanted to mention from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, which is like a you know, it's not you know actual wrestling championships. It's like an actual Ju- like wrestling journalism publication. Uh but I just think it's really funny that in 2011 he won the feud of the year and the match of the year, but then in 2002 he won the worst feud of the year and worst match of the year.
0: Oh, it's kind of like uh Danny DeVito being nominated for both a uh a Oscar and a Razzie for the same role.
1: Yeah, John Cena, the Danny DeVito of wrestling. <laughs> Um, that was the penguin, by the way. Y- yes, the, I, I, I honestly, I wasn't even positive which one it was, but I was like, "There's no way it's anything else." <laughs> um, so John Cena starts his his career working through the developmental WWE's developmental territory, uh, starting around in 2000 um, when they're still the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, he works there for a long time. Uh, f- well, um, I mean, two years, that's a pretty decent amount of time. Really, um, though? So I didn't realize that that he ran that
0: deep. He, um Because, you know, as we're going to see when we when we first see him come out here, uh, it's kind of he's a no name. But so he's been in the developmental territory for two years before. Yeah, but he's
1: he's still a no name because people like the developmental territories, they they didn't they weren't televised except for maybe like locally where you were. So like, oh, he worked for Ohio Valley Wrestling. So you might get Ohio Valley Wrestling on your local channel in the Ohio Valley area, but uh, other than that, people didn't really know who he was. Um, Eventually, John Cena gets his call-up to the main roster in 2002. Um, That's where we go to our first match, which is—hold on, i got to look up the actual date— which is uh, the It is the
0: June twenty or July twenty seventh. It's I have it written down. It's
1: June because six is June. Fuck six is June. You would,
0: That's the month I'm born. I, I was gonna say
1: idiot. I would think you would know that, but God damn it. So on the June twenty seventh Episode The June 27, 2002 episode of SmackDown is when we first get our look at John Cena. Uh, Important to note, the the Raw before this, the Raw of that week, so Raw was on Monday, SmackDown was, I'm not sure if it was on Thursday or Friday uh, at this point, but that Monday was when Vince McMahon called out the whole Raw roster and said, gave his Ruthless Aggression speech, which is where we got the name for the Ruthless Aggression era. That's where he says, I I want to see some Ruthless Aggression. Um, so now we're on SmackDown, and Kurt Angle is coming out to the ring, uh, or actually Vince McMahon starts out, and he announces Kurt Angle is his best friend, uh, and Kurt Angle comes out, this is right after he shaved his head, so he's, uh, he's wearing, like, a wig, and he's attached the wig. He
0: looks like he has the hair of Otto from Rocket Power.
1: He does. He's, like, just got this wig that he's got, like, strapped down with, like, a, with, like, some headgear. Um it's actually really interesting uh just before this at king of the ring kurt angle made hulk hogan tap out to the ankle lock which is impressive uh an interesting side note that's the only time uh, hulk hogan's ever tapped out in his career was uh right here to to kurt angle yeah hogan's ending about to end his career here but uh it's really funny that and just kind of like weird to think about that there was this weird crossover where Kurt Angle wrestles a match against Hulk Hogan, and the next night he wrestles John Cena. It's you know two guys from two completely different eras. Yeah, uh, that is wild, and that are that are
0: that are just barely you know, and crossing just no paths. way of knowing that that is you know that Cena is going to be the next big thing. Um, that is wild. For sure. Now, so I just to to show in case any of you out there listening are like. Zach just pretends to not know about wrestling. Well, you're wrong, and none of you are probably thinking that because I think it's kind of obvious. But this is the first ever uh, time that you've had me watch a weekly show, and holy shit, they do this this twice a week? That's insane. Like, it never really landed on me before how crazy that is because I thought maybe they just had, like, a, a regular venue, but they travel this show and air it twice a week that is crazy
1: well that uh one one caveat here is this is during the brand split, split era so they have two different rosters on each side but you still you're still putting on a full production twice a week and in addition to that you're running house shows which are non-televised events that you know aren't in front of the cameras and don't have the same setup but you still have the same guys wrestling so, I mean, yeah, that's why it's crazy to me. They're constantly on the road. They're on the road like 320 yeah, days a year. I mean, you year. think
0: that going for, for, for whatever whatever your job is, whatever you're doing out there, if you're out there plumbing or business manning or, or whatever, you go on a trip and you're like, oh, man, the jet lag, I'm going to be so groggy at the meeting tomorrow. Imagine having to, like, put on a full stunt show after that. That's, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, so Kurt Angle says he is the poster boy for Ruthless Aggression. He says the people there are unappreciative of his greatness and that they suck. He takes off his wig and says, it's not funny. Don't make fun of me because I'm bald. Um, the real reason he, he he lost his hair in a match with Edge, but the real reason was he was just actually going bald. But it's
0: like, why are you guys, uh, everybody's got these signs that are like, you're bald, and I'm like...
1: There are so many bald wrestlers. What he says, he is on a roll. He wants to show someone what ruthless aggression is all about. He issues an open challenge to someone he's never wrestled before to come out and and face him. John Cena comes out to the SmackDown intro or the SmackDown intro theme, uh, and John Cena here looks like he's a uh, he's a creator wrestler that you just like put all the default <laughs> settings on.
0: He absolutely does. Uh, can I say though that this this moment where Angle does this is some of the the only and best character work I've ever seen from Angle? Because I don't know. I feel like
1: when I've seen him before, he's usually just kind of quiet and he's just a dude. No, Kurt Angle can be pretty good on the mic, actually. Um, so we get generic Cena coming down to the ring. Angle asks him. He says, "What's the one quality you possess that thinks that you think?" Makes you qualified to face me. John Cena goes, ruthless aggression. And he slaps Kurt Angle in the face, and then they just start going and for at me, it.
0: As someone um, who had never really seen the old Cena, I, I'm, I was only familiar in passing with, like, the company man Cena. Like, seeing John Cena be edgy is kind of fun. I
1: like it. Interesting to note, this same episode of SmackDown is also the debut of Batista. Wow! What? Uh, really? These guys had very... these guys. Had, uh, John Cena and Batista had eerily similar careers. Uh, they win their first uh, world title at the same show on the same night. Uh, and, and they were both of the last two in uh, the 2005 Royal Rumble. They have oddly that similar That is crazy to me. I always thought... Uh,
0: I don't know where I thought Batista fell... But I didn't. Except Batista's like
1: ten years older, but he's he just got. I guess I thought
0: Batista was around before Cena, but uh, that's interesting. Um. So how often do guys get a chance to do something like this? Like how often do we see a fresh face come out against somebody like Kurt Angle, somebody who's very well established, and get a shot? Hmm. You know, and then like how many times does that just turn over into like? Remember that time Kevin came out and we just don't talk about him anymore because he's
1: not around like I, I would say, you know, most of the time when a new wrestler starts, they don't they don't really have this kind of beginning. They usually what usually happens is, you know, they build him up for a few weeks. They show some vignettes. Like they didn't promote John Cena. John Cena is coming out here and nobody knows who he is. Uh usually they'll promote him for a while and then they'll they'll kind of like win You know, they'll go on, like, a little winning streak and beat all these different uh, guys, these jobbers and, like, squashes and stuff. Uh, Yeah, every now and then you do have someone who comes in and, like, gets a big win over somebody, and then they end up falling to the wayside. But I'd say here this is a rare moment where you have a big star get put up against someone. You know, they early in his career they put John Cena up with a lot of big stars. I think his next match after this is against Chris Jericho. He tags with Undertaker later. They put him up with some big guys. Um, And so, yeah, this was a great—I mean, they clearly saw something in him.
0: Yeah, that's just—it's amazing to me that he is able to come in like this. And, I mean, you know, I guess we save the putting over for later. But this is just kind of a, hey, show us what you got kind of a thing.
1: Well, this is putting somebody over. I would argue that it, it means a little bit more if someone comes in and puts up a really strong performance and loses to someone big and established like Kurt Angle versus, you know, them just beating, you know, a bunch of no-names. I, I'd say that it, it carries a little bit more weight when when they can go up against Kurt Angle. Cause they make Cena look really good. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, You know, there are, s- there are several times where he almost beats him. Um... And it, Kurt Angle is only able to beat him um, with, like, a quick roll-up. Uh, you know, Cena's able to roll out of the ankle lock. He, he, I think he reverses an angle slam. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you have this brand-new guy who you breaks out of, you know, two of the this guy's finishing moves, and then Kurt Angle's only able to barely then also, beat him. And also,
0: like, uh, how often do we get... Someone coming out, like you were saying, like looking like a, a fucking creator wrestler that you've got on default, um, whose whose gimmick is only like half baked at this point. Like John Cena needs a little more time in the oven before he's got. I a feel
1: like it happened. I th- I think it happened a lot more during this time because you know Batista comes out and his his gimmick is big meat dude, like and. Brock Lesnar, same thing, you know, a lot of wrestlers around this time were just, like, dudes that fought. You know, back in the Attitude Era, it was all about gimmicks. Now, I nobody really has a gimmick, but that's because it's the company is, in the, and the industry has kind of moved away yeah, from that. I mean, as but, opposed uh, to
0: someone like Kane, who, like, makes his first appearance full, full torque into the gimmick.
1: Yeah, and I, I think some of that is is just the times. I think kind of crazy gimmicks were no longer a big thing anymore. I like them
0: so much. Anymore. I
1: I know, but they didn't really work at that time. But also, you know, generic guy doesn't really work either. Um so I guess they were just trying to figure out what they wanted to Fair do enough. with. Enough. Um I thought this was a really great debut for John Cena. Uh, made him look really good without taking anything away from Kurt Angle. Uh, it wasn't much to this match, so I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was a great little um, showcase
0: of like who Cena is, what he can do. Um, or not really who he is, because we don't get that until a little bit later. But definitely um, a, a
1: showcase of his athletic prowess. After the match, he uh, he goes backstage, and the other SmackDown superstars are congratulating him. And then the Undertaker, who is the WWE champion at this point, comes up. They have a little stare down, and, and then Undertaker shakes his hand. He'd go on tagging with Taker for a little bit. The- um, he would eventually fo- form a very short-lived tag team, tag team with Bull, Buchan- Bull Buchanan, or as he was called at that point, B Squared.
0: Wow, what a shitty name. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. the way that John Cena looks at his hand after he shakes it with Undertaker, I don't know, that was, like, so funny to me. Because, like, I mean, he's selling it well, but he's, like, in awe of this guy. But
1: And that's also another huge put over. Like, I mean, clearly they really like John Cena to have the Undertaker come up I've and shake heard, his hand.
0: And uh, we don't actually have to get into this because, I mean, I think this is sort of— something for another episode, but I've heard that is actually, like, very, very well respected within the wrestler community, like, outside of the kayfabe, and oh. that he'll, like, settle disputes yeah. between wrestlers in, like, Undertaker court.
1: It, yeah, it's called Wrestler's Court, and yeah, Undertaker's very often the judge it's there. Yeah, no, amazing. Undertaker is probably one of the most respected, wrestl- respected wrestlers of all time. Um, so... It's in Halloween of 2002, a Halloween themed episode of SmackDown. They're all at this Halloween party, and everyone's dressed up as characters. And John Cena is dressed as Vanilla Ice, and he does a freestyle rap. Uh, and that is where the rapper gimmick was born uh, as a one off joke where he I'm was just I'm going to go ahead vanilla and ice. say nothing born of Vanilla Ice can ever be good. Hey man, I like rapper Cena, and that's what put him on the map. I, if he had stayed generic, a wrestler John Cena, I he absolutely
0: agree there. with you. But just
1: oh man, his raps are so bad. <laughs> he but people loved it. People popped for it. I loved it. So he just turned into this rapper. He started wearing throwback jerseys, a chain, and he would come out and he would rap. He would do raps, dis raps about his uh, about his. Opponents that were often very dirty uh, That he'd get away with by making the crowd say Okay, that and that work. part
0: is a lot of fun um, I do have to say that But I also have to say that we Can we really call these raps They are much more like slam poetry It's like he comes out and reads some fucking couplets or something
1: <laughs> Fair like enough. fucking
0: Shakespeare's in the ring
1: Except for White White rapper Shakespeare, Shakespeare, yes. So it is about a year after his debut, where he gets uh, what is really one of his first big, you know, feuds and big, uh, big storylines, and it's with the Undertaker of all people. Uh, You know, this is actually the only match I hadn't seen before doing this, Um, and they kind of uh in the pre-match they they talk a little bit about you know their history you know him shaking his hand at the uh after his main match uh and so John Cena is commemorating his 1 year debut by saying hey somebody come down here and face me Orlando Jordan comes out he cheats to win and John Cena's is a heel at this point but people are still kind of liking him because it's hard he's got a gimmick that's hard not to like Um, Undertaker um, Doesn't like John Cena's attitude So he costs John Cena a spot In a US championship tournament John Cena pees on a grave Yeah and does a rap in a graveyard And stands in a fucking flaming pentagram That was wild And it's like John He's not even that gimmick anymore He's a biker (laughs) now You should have peed on a motorcycle (laughs)
0: Oh my god, we gotta talk about how much Biker Taker fucking sucks. I know this is a Cena-based episode, but I'm just getting so distracted by all these things.
1: And it's really funny because John Cena and Undertaker actually had a match at this past year's WrestleMania, and it's so funny to watch this one and be like, man, these two people are totally (laughs) different. Because Undertaker's back at his good gimmick now, right? Good. Yeah. And so it's really funny because John Cena is like, John Cena now is basically just himself, and here he's a rapper, but on the other hand, Undertaker is just himself (laughs) here, and it sucks.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, you're absolutely right. But I do think that it's crazy that, like, so the last one was in uh, June of 2002. Uh, What month does this take place in, in 2003?
1: Okay, so Vengeance 2003, this is July of 2003, so it's just barely over a year since Yeah, his, and his boy debut. has he changed. Like, he
0: is now, you know... I, I wouldn't say he's fully into his rapper gimmick at this point, because I think he gets a little bit more into it later, but he's definitely on track. And that's one thing that surprised me with all of these matches, is that I really thought that the Cena changes were more dramatic, but they're very fluid. Like, his character change... Does not necessarily happen overnight. It is something that that comes in and flows.
1: That's true. the The, the rapper one is a little bit more sudden. Uh, the his change after that. I, there's really no like I can't even tell you exactly. There's no one moment where he stopped being a rapper. It was just slowly got phased and out. I after didn't realize while. that so many of his signature
0: um, things, like you can't see me, were there from the beginning. Like. I thought that you know, mm-hmm. once he went yeah. from rapper to normal dude, he his past was erased. But no, it's very much a part of who he who he still is as a wrestler.
1: Yeah, he sl- It was a very slow change. You know, it, it it wasn't like, you know, it was like you know, slowly he started losing the jersey, then he started losing the chains. You know, and you know he keeps the same finisher and signature move names until much later. Let, let's talk about his his finisher and signature move. So his finishing move is called the FU, which it was actually originally um, done as to make to mock Brock Lesnar, who had the F five. So he had the FU, which is just a basic fireman's carry. Yeah, it's just where he picks the man kind of up
0: and then throws him down.
1: That is Indeed. wrestling, and then of course he's. He's got the five-knuckle shuffle, which means to beat it.
0: Oh, man, I never knew I was uh, talking is... about blasting it! Oh, shit!
1: Oh, God, you... Apparently the WWE doesn't either, because that's the only uh, move they they don't well, because rename because it could also he, be a punch. ...they go PG. Yeah, which it is. It's just a fist drop after he dusts off his shoulder. Um... I just wanted to talk about that. His his moves do have a have a theme there, Um, but but you wanted to get to the rap. Yeah,
0: yeah, I wanted to get to the rap because there was just one line that stood out to me that I wrote down here, Um, (laughs) and it was, "The kids call me Navigator because I've never lost," and that was so bad. That was so fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he has some pretty dumb ones. I do think something that keeps bothering me is that the announcers keep saying it's old
0: school versus new school. Yeah, new school's not a fucking
1: thing. Apparently, it, apparently, new school is rapper and old school is old man <laughs> on a bike.
0: And Undertaker biker has the worst like music too. It's just very bad.
1: Yeah, this is this is his best one though because it's neither Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock. Oh but God, it is pretty bad. Um, well, we get the match underway and Taker gets Cena in the corner. The ref pulls him apart and Cena slaps Taker right in the face. Taker's brawling with him with some hard lefts and rights. Gets a boot to the face and Cena goes to the outside. We do a lot of wrestling on the outside. Taker kind of does that thing where he rolls back in the ring and rolls back out to break the count. Uh, Cena gets slammed into the barricade and the announce table, and uh, eventually uh, Cena is able to grab some water and spits it right into Undertaker's face because he's a bad man with no, no respect, respect. at
0: all. And they're like, he's temporarily blinded Taker. You know, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a man of science. But I don't really think that getting water sprayed in your face temporarily blinds you. I don't think that's how it works. But, I mean, again, you know, who am I to say? I'm not a Stevens Hawking.
1: Hmm. You are not. Taker uh, slams him into the ring post. Taker basically just dominates this whole match. Uh, Throwing him back inside the ring, throwing him back outside the ring... Eventually, Undertaker attempts the last ride, which was his uh, his move when he became a real boy. Um, he goes for the last ride, but John Cena drops down behind him and follows it up with a DDT. John Cena goes over to the turnbuckle pad and tries to take it off, but he gives up, and he starts choking Undertaker and kicking him and, and, and whatnot. Uh, Taker eventually gets him in the corner and goes for uh, goes to charge at him, but Cena pulls that turnbuckle pad off, and so ter- Undertaker smashes right into it. I feel it. like dodging out of the way uh, of the turnbuckle becomes like a thing for Cena, or is that just a thing for everyone? And I never realized it before. I think it's I think it's
0: just a thing, but f- just a spot. That okay, because he a does it, he does it quite a bit. Um, but I do like the storytelling in this match, like of like this punk bitch is going to get his ass beat it by is, Undertaker, even if it is Biker Taker. Um, you know, it's very similar. It's very similar to the story being told in the 98
1: Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Undertaker just likes beating up kids. <laughs> I mean, that is what his insurance music says. It's... it's Bad asses always kicking assholes' ass, which is a, lot, a lot, of lot of ass, ass. in That's, one oh, sentence. Billy Gunn So to- much that Billy Gunn <laughs> would be angry. We both went the same way with that.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: John Cena sends Undertaker through the ropes. He hits the the guardrail, and at some point, he's bleeding from the mouth. And, of course, Taz says, he's bleeding internally. And it's like, why is your first reaction to blood from the mouth being bleeding Oh, my God. They really go on about this internal bleeding shit, too. Like, they really talk about it probably too much. And, like, if someone was bleeding internally, the match would need to be stopped. Uh, That would be a bigger problem. It seems way more likely that maybe he just busted his (laughs) lip. But... You know, whatever. Um, Taker's really selling that internal injury, and John Cena's really working his ribs. Uh, the two are, are are trading punches back and forth. Uh, Undertaker eventually picks up John Cena for a tombstone pile driver, but John Cena reverses, tries for the FU, but Taker reverses that. Uh, somehow John Cena's able to get a hold of his chain, and while the ref is distracted, Cena hits Taker right in the stomach with it. John Cena hits Undertaker with the FU, but Undertaker kicks out. Cena puts Undertaker in the corner and starts punching him, but he pauses to pose, and so Undertaker hits him with the Last Ride and gets the three count. <laughs> uh, like you said, it's pretty good storytelling of John Cena getting his ass kicked and trying to cheat to win, but losing. Right now I will say this: this damn chain, boy, it is featured a lot. Um, like I get that wrestlers have gimmicks, yeah, but like Jesus was, Christ. Yeah, it was like, you know, John Cena's a chain, Triple H has a sledgehammer. Uh, Additionally, though, you you forgot... Shawn Michaels has pure (laughs) sex.
0: You forgot to mention uh, something that I think is very important, and that is uh, John Cena's intro music at this time is not what we were used to. It is not the, my time is now.
1: No, no, it is not. You're right. Indeed, it is... it's his Doctor of Thugonomics. Yes, basic
0: thugonomics.
1: Basic thugonomics. Because that's that's what he used to call himself. It was the Doctor of Thugonomics. And honestly, I always liked this music better for some I- reason. I think okay.
0: Like I think it's a little bit goofier, but I kind of agree with you. I agree. It's because the goofiness gives it a little bit of flavor that I like.
1: Um, yeah. It know, was though- good goofy. But again, it was never like a guy who could be on the top of the car. Agreed. Kind of agreed. But, you know, I will say, if this
0: man has a doctorate in thugonomics, why does he only teach Thugonomics 101, basic thugonomics?
1: Well, I mean, somebody has to teach everything. I mean, you have to have your 101 degree. That's true. Teacher. That's
0: true. I just wonder if he offers any higher level thugonomics
1: courses that I could sign up for. Yeah, well, I mean, he leaves that to like. Fuck, there's nothing higher than doctor. Fuck this shit. <laughs> bye. I give this match a three out of five stars.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was. Uh, and this is one thing I'll say. I, I think that your your star ratings are they're, they're kind of on a sliding scale based on what shows we're watching, right? Like you're rating, maybe not not like yeah. completely like objectively blank out of blank, but like compared to everything we've seen, because. We we've given yeah. some worse matches
1: better better <laughs> ratings I think, um, yeah I, I try to rank it as the show yeah. as a whole because otherwise it would be stupid to like rank everything like two and a half but I, I thought no, it was I, a pretty I good I agree one. it
0: was it was really fun um, yeah it, good storytelling um, interesting to see Cena getting his ass kicked at this point and this is what I'm really wondering has he in going into this next match uh, again with Kurt Angle. Has he taken down any big
1: names yet? Or is he, like, bottom of the, the, you know, the top tier? He's actually kind of more like, you know, he really hasn't... Th- this is his biggest feud to date at this point, is with The Undertaker. I, I, I think he's done a little bit with Brock Lesnar. Um, and he's done a little bit with Eddie Guerrero and Rikishi. But uh, but this one against Undertaker is his biggest one at this point. Um this is, this is like kind of the beginning of him becoming featured on the card. Because uh, at that year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19, he was only on the pre-show where he did a rap, And they didn't even have his mic <laughs> on oh the beginning. God. So <laughs> he's he's working yeah, his way up.
0: Because, you know, we always talk about John Cena always wins. Like, the company promoted him so hard, he always wins. But it seems like in the beginning, John Cena gets his ass handed to him a fair amount.
1: Yeah, he does, especially at the beginning. Because, you know, when you're a heel, it's, like, more fun to watch the heel lose. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. Kind of the point. Uh, let's move on to uh, just a couple months later. So we're going to October of 2003 at No Mercy. Um, he's going to take on Kurt Angle uh, once again. This is really uh, when they start having their feud. This is also where John Cena is starting to become more of a face. Uh, people are starting to cheer for him a little bit more. Um, by the next pay-per-view, he's made a full-fledged face turn. Um, so that's kind of what they're working on here. Uh, the pre-match promo is actually pretty fun because it's another one of those, like, respect kind of things, but it's Angle can play with him a little bit more. Uh, Cena is rapping about Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle comes out and raps back at him. Uh, Angle even dresses up as John Cena and lets a little person dressed as Angle beat him up. Um, Weird pull. And again, despite being the heel, despite being the heel, the crowd really likes John Cena. Uh, we get this really nice shot of like kind of like the polar opposites, where John Cena puts his chain in one corner and Kurt Angle puts his gold medal in the other one. I have
0: a question for you.
1: Uh,
0: what does word life it. mean?
1: It's basic ergonomics. <laughs> and don't you listen to the song <laughs> "Word Life." It's basic Thugonomics. Clearly you haven't even taken any (laughs) classes in Thugonomics. I suppose so. I'm not a Thugonomics major. Oh, definitely not. Angle immediately tries to out-wrestle John Cena, and the crowd is split. You got half of them chanting, let's go Angle, half of them chanting, let's go Cena. Uh, Angle gives uh, Cena double middle fingers, and John Cena shoves him. Angle punches him back. Uh, angle charges at him for a shoulder tackle, but Cena moves out of the way, and he hits the ring post and goes to the outside. You were right. That does seem to happen a lot.
0: Yeah, and it, it's going to happen a couple more
1: times, too. You'll see. You'll see I'm right. For sure. I know. I watched it. I believe you. You will uh, see. Cena's getting some big moves here. He hits his spin-out powerbomb. He hits a big spine buster. Uh, he climbs to the top rope and jumps off, but gets drop-kicked right in the leg. Uh, so Angle immediately goes for that leg, puts on the ankle lock, but John Cena's able to get to the ropes pretty quickly. He goes outside, but gets caught with a baseball slide that sends him right into the announce table. Uh, Angle's got Cena back in the in the ring, or on, on the ring apron, but S- Cena cuts him off. Angle tries to German suplex him off the apron, but Cena reverses and nails a DDT right on the apron. Uh, back in the ring, Cena gets that throwback, which is that running where he flips over him and, and hits a face buster, um, which was kind of his original finishing move before he he got the FU. Um, Cena comes charging at Angle in the corner, but Angle moves out of the way and rolls him up with a taste of his own medicine. Angle gets those three German suplexes, but Cena kicks out. Cena hits a big powerbomb on Angle in the corner, and Angle kicks out at 2.9. Cena eventually is able to hit the FU, and Kurt Angle kicks out. Uh, And then, finally, Angle gets the angle slam, and Cena kicks out of that. Uh, Cena then goes and gets his chain, wraps it around his fist, but the ref takes it away, and while the ref is getting rid of that chain, Cena grabs Angle's gold medal and hits him right in the face. Angle still kicks out, so Cena goes for the FU again, but Angle reverses it into a backslide. Cena kicks out, goes for the FU one more time, but Angle does a a victory roll into the ankle lock, and Cena taps out. Thought it was a really great story and the finish. Yeah, oh, was it was really great. Good. But you, I've
0: got to wonder, like, at what point are the refs just going to be like, "Hey, Cena, you can't bring the chain into the ring at all." Like, we know what you do with this chain. You do it every time, John. We know, so you can't. You can't
1: have it. We're not going to let you have your chain.
0: But they just keep letting him bring it in.
1: But then, if you take away his chain, you take away the source uh, of his power. Ah, sort of a Samson situation. It's like Undertaker's <laughs> urn. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that that Cena taps out because he they have this whole gimmick of of Cena as like being this guy who like his whole his whole thing is never give up except for John. <laughs> right he became a lot more protected later on and would never tap. Uh, interesting fun fact: John Cena has tapped out to three people: Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and name redacted. Oh, oh no. I feel like I know whose name it was. Anyway, that's when John Cena turns face, and then he really starts getting a big push. He starts coming out with all of his merchandise. His his uh, people really start getting behind him, and so the WWE is finally starting to push him forward. And um, they have him in his very first WrestleMania match. Is at WrestleMania 20, the very first WrestleMania I ever watched. So this is the very first WrestleMania match I ever saw, so it holds a very special Take place in my heart. Take us into the household in uh,
0: 2004 when you watched this. Like, like, put us in your eyeballs as a, let's see, you would have been like nine, a nine-year-old Peyton.
1: Yeah, so I actually had a WrestleMania party at my house, and here's the thing, I didn't pay for WrestleMania, my aunt paid for it the week before and taped it on VHS. So I had to not watch any wrestling so I wouldn't spoil <coughs> WrestleMania. And I invited a bunch of people over. No, actually, oh crap, my aunt didn't even tape it. She, Well, she did tape it, but she didn't buy it. She, Someone else bought it for her, and she taped it at their house. <laughs> so I got this WrestleMania tape third hand. This is
0: like if I um, DVR'd so- the
1: Super Bowl and a week later had a Super Bowl party. <laughs> Well, this would be like if someone else DVR'd the Super Bowl <laughs> for you and gave it to you. So I had some friends over, and we watched uh, WrestleMania. And I remember not all, of, most of them worked that into wrestling, so it was just like just me and my and like my friends watching me watch WrestleMania. 20. Hey, I would have paid for admission um, to that party. So this is uh, John Cena's very first WrestleMania matches. WrestleMania debut, WrestleMania 20. Um, Coming out to a big ovation. Michael Cole calls Cena the fastest rising star on SmackDown, which is, I think, definitely true. Cena comes out and does a diss rap on Big Show and gets the crowd to chant, Big Show sucks. Uh, Was there anything in that rap that you particularly liked? Uh,
0: Yes, I I do have something written down here. Um, Ahem. I'm itching to beat him like a penis
1: with an STD.
0: That, yeah. was, uh, that was really the line yeah. that stood out to me.
1: Yeah, I figured that was the one. So yeah, John Cena's gonna take on Big Show for the United States Championship. This is the title that really kind of becomes the John Cena title for a while. Um... And it, and this will be his first uh, championship win. I actually. question about his raps. Do as you think well. that
0: he like that he wrote those backstage, or do you think these were on the spot? He was freestyle
1: rapping. I think it might have been a little bit of freestyle because, uh, especially back then, the WWE was just kind of, they they encouraged that. They wanted it to be off the cuff, and John Cena really did. He really was a, like he really did that when he was a kid. He really. Oh wow! Rap. Really. Uh, That's actually, okay, that makes me like
0: the gimmick more. Because because,
1: like, he comes out with a real rap album a little bit later. Like an actual rap album he did with his cousin. And My Time Is Now and and Doctor or Basic Thugonomics; those are both rapped by John Um, Cena.
0: So one thing that I think that this episode is going to walk us through is... You know, when we're talking about just being able to freestyle on the mic and do whatever you want, I really love that, and I hate that that's not really around anymore. And I think that this episode is going to walk us from ruthless aggression through to more modern wrestling, and I'm going to explain why I don't like it as much.
1: Fair enough. Um... So we get Big Show in the ring. Cena tells Show you can't see me to start the, the match. Cena gets thrown to the outside. <laughs> Cena gets thrown to the outside pretty quick. Big Show's fucking big. Here. He is the big, like show. the biggest he's ever been. Big Show is a he is. He is I, a I gigantic think boy. He is just like. Well, it wasn't well, like he took a lot of breaks from wrestling to try to get his weight down. He's actually pretty fucking trim now. He's like three hundred pounds, big which show? is. Pretty impressive, because he's like 500 here. uh, Holy shit. Good on you, Big Show. Uh,
0: Yeah, he's got abs. Slightly smaller show. Um, Uh, We've seen... I I don't know if we've done a Big Show match yet, but we've done people like Bam Bam Bigelow. We've done a couple of his. And even as big as Bam Bam Bigelow is, he does not hold a candle to the Big Show
1: yeah, he he's uh, he. They used to, and when he was in WCW, they used to say that Big Show was Andre the Giant's son. <laughs> I could believe it. Which actually,
0: they which, look nothing alike. Other, than I mean, big.
1: I they look nothing alike. They're just both big. Um. Anyway, let's get into the match. Uh, crowd is chanting for for Cena, saying "Let's go, Cena!" As Big Show dominates the match. Show gets in some pretty good offense with a big boot and a leg drop, but only gets a two count. John Cena lifts, or Big Show lifts John Cena up, but Cena's able to slide behind him and lock in a sleeper hold. Show breaks it up by ramming him into the corner and puts him in a cobra clutch. Cena tries to fight out of it, but Big Show slams him right down. Big Show puts that cobra clutch in again on the map this time. John Cena's able to fight out of it, start nailing some lefts and rights. Drop kicks Big Show in the knees and sends him face-first into the top turnbuckle. That's when Cena hits the FU and Big Show kicks out of it. And I want to just say this. Michael Cole says that this is the first time someone is kicked out of the FU, even though someone kicked out of the FU in both of the last two matches Yeah, watched. no, uh,
0: they, they love to say that. And I was thinking the same thing when I watched it. They were like, he's the only person to ever kick out. I was like, that's some bullshit right there, because I've definitely seen people kick out of this move. But I will say, I mean— just landing the F.U. on the big show is a feat in itself. Um,
1: yeah, to, it's to impressive. To pick
0: up—and um, that's the thing about John Cena is that he is kind of small. I mean, he's not—he's much bigger than me. But, I mean, in the world of wrestling, like, we've seen him wrestle people other than maybe Kurt Angle's a little bit shorter than him, I think. But he uh, has got he's kind of short for a wrestler.
1: And he is able to pick up these yeah.
0: just gigantic dudes.
1: Yeah, there's one match later in his career where he put, he does like a double FU. He puts two people God on damn. his shoulders. Uh, but I mean, Big Show is basically two and a half people yeah. anyway. Um, so Cena can't believe it. So Cena goes and grabs his chain and wraps it around his hand. The ref stops him, but uh oh, he instead grabs his brass word life knuckles, hits Show right in the face, and hits another FU for the win. So we get John Cena's very first WrestleMania win, very first title win, but there wasn't anything too special about this match.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I thought it was kind of weird to, because I, if we're talking A-listers, Big Show, I think, is on the A-list, but he's not, like, he's not anywhere near the top of it, I wouldn't say. He's he's sort of more of a novelty than anything at some, at some points. So, I mean, I guess yeah. it's kind of suiting that it is, or I guess it's a, uh, I guess it's fitting that his first title win is against Big Show because you don't want it to be against someone who's too big. But I thought it was kind of a weird pull.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Big Show is about as big (laughs) as they get, dude. Oh, good one. I gave this one two out of five stars. Uh, Like I said, John Cena basically becomes, like, the U.S. title kind of becomes his title for a while. Uh, He keeps it for a a good long bit. He drops it a couple of times, but always ends up picking it back up. He eventually, his more famous spinner blinged-out belt is the WWE title, but he actually originally did it with the U.S. title. And I remember when I first saw that, I thought it was the coolest thing they ever did. Although they did the right thing with the U.S. title, is once Cena lost it, they went back to the old title, which they never did for the WWE title, which I fucking hated. Yeah, if you do something special to the title belt, that should be like
0: unique to you.
1: Yeah, your thing, but whatever. Uh, so we're jumping forward a year later to next year's WrestleMania, um, where where John Cena is now finally uh, his time is now. Uh, as evidenced by this is when he had debuts his new entrance music. Um, John Cena, like I have mentioned, he, him and Batista have a pretty similar uh, path. At Royal Rumble 2005, uh, those are the last two guys in the ring, and there's actually a really funny moment where, accidentally, they end up falling out of the ring oh, at the shit. same time. Uh, for those who don't know, the Royal Rumble, the way it works is the winner... Is, there's 30 guys, and you have to throw everybody over the top rope, the last person standing is the winner, They Batista was supposed to just win outright, but he accidentally lost his balance, and both guys fell out of the ring at the same exact time, which created for a very funny moment, where the referees, because Batista was on Raw, John Cena was on SmackDown, so the Raw referees came out and were like, Batista won, and the SmackDown referees were like, no, John Cena won, and then Vince McMahon came out to settle it, and uh, That's also a very interesting story, because Vince McMahon ran down to the ring so fast that he blew out his quad muscle getting into the ring, and then when he stood up, he put all his weight on on the other leg, and that quad muscle broke Jesus Christ! Ripped, too. So, Vince McMahon ripped both of his quads, and he had to sit in the ring and make an announcement. He had to sit on his ass in the ring, because he couldn't stand. Do you think that he hated Batista for that for the rest of his career? And restart the match. No, because Batista still got pushed to the moon. Fair enough. But, I mean, just like... Uh, it made the moment... It, well, okay, here's the thing. It made that match Oh, absolutely. That seems super because fucking cool. We saw something that never really happened. Well, they did have one time where two guys won at the same time, but that was on purpose. But they had this moment where they... And so, anyway, Batista ends up winning by last eliminating John Cena. Batista goes on to WrestleMania 21... To win the world title from Triple H. Meanwhile, John Cena he wins a qual- uh, number one contenders match against Kurt Angle and ends up going up against uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, uh, who is who we've seen before as just Bradshaw as a member of the Acolytes. Yeah. Uh, so, eventually, Bradshaw. So here's here's the thing about about the brand split. You ended up sometimes having what. Both the good and the bad is you would have guys who would win world titles who maybe normally wouldn't get it if there was only one world title and only one show. Sometimes that was good. You get champions like Eddie Guerrero. Other times you get champions like John Bradshaw Layfield, who really was not a world champion yeah. guy. Uh, Bradshaw changes his gimmick into this like rich asshole it's
0: literally, Republican this is, okay, guy. This is what's
1: wild to me. This is what's crazy.
0: Is that someone in the writer's room, or maybe Bradshaw himself, was like, what if we do Lyndon B. Johnson, but a wrestler?
1: Well, the thing is, John Layfield is like that in real life. He used to be like a contributor on Fox News, and he had like a like a book about like making money in the stock market. Oh, wow. So it's kind of based in real life. Um, and... The problem was he held that title for way too long. Uh, He's eight months into his reign here as WWE champion because they just couldn't really find anyone to to be the champion. Uh, People hated JBL, um, so he was a pretty good heel. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I don't know that he just... De- is there actually... I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but is
0: there actually a... Because I thought that he was doing a Lyndon B. Johnson thing. Is that is that a part of this? Or does it just so happen that he also wears cowboy hats and that his initials are just LBJ backwards?
1: Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's just a coincidence. What the fuck? You're the first person I've ever heard who says that it sounds like Lyndon B. Johnson. They just have very similar aesthetics, I guess. I, but I, I guess I kind of get where you're coming from now. I never thought of that. And he, oh, oh shit, and he also does like a presidential kind of gimmick because he ends up getting with this posse. Uh, one of them's Orlando Jordan, and he calls Orlando Jordan his chief of staff. And the Basham brothers are his secretaries of defense. So Yeah, wait, and he does the thing with right. the money where he puts his face on it in this. Yeah. Shit, I've never even noticed that just goes to show how weird of a fucking pull it is. Yeah, it is. Anyway, in our pre-match, we see uh, JBL costing Cena the U.S. title and destroying the belt. Uh, This rivalry gets really intense to the point where uh, General Manager Teddy Long tells them they're not allowed to hit each other, so Cena just destroys his limo, pours water on him. So JBL comes out in his limo with a police escort, Uh, and he starts raining $100 bills with his own face on it from the sky. Michael Cole mentions all the people JBL has beaten over the past eight months and calls him a survivor. That's basically what he was. He would, like, win out of nowhere. Like, he beat Big Show in a steel cage match by escaping the cage first, but only because Big Show threw him through the fucking ring. And it was like, he won because he's out of the (laughs) ring. Um... So Cena comes out to his My Time Is Now theme, the famous do 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 for the first time. Well, not the f- it was not the first time here. I- he had been doing it for like a month. Um he's wearing his spinning chain gang necklace now too, not the not the padlock one. Um we get into it and we start with a lockup. Uh, JBL puts Cena in a headlock. Cena gets the upper hand for a minute, but gets kicked right in the face as he charges in the corner. Uh, JBL's choking Cena in the ropes, slingshots him into the middle rope. Cena tries to fight back again, but gets spine Uh, JBL's just kicking him in the head. The two start trading some right hands. Um, Eventually, he gets a sleeper hold in the middle of the ring, but Cena reverses it into a back suplex... Both guys are getting count- counted out. JBL throws him through the ropes into the outside. Hits a swinging neckbreaker. It's back in the ring where, uh, where he hits a superplex on him. Makes a cover, but Cena still kicks out. JBL goes to the top rope and dives off, but Cena catches him and slams him right to the mat. Both guys get to their feet, and Cena finally gets the upper hand like consistently for the first time in this match. And then he hits the spinning side slam, five-knuckle shuffle. Charges JBL in the corner but gets hit with a boot. JBL goes for a clothesline. And then Cena reverses it into an FU and gets the win. And I, the first thing I wrote here was, what? I watched this match live and I remember it being at least marginally better than this. That was so yeah, shit. Yeah, it was It was weird. Did you feel like that match just went, it just like flew by? And like JBL dominated the whole match. And then all of a sudden Cena comes from behind and, and he actually... just wins. He just He just hits. Three moves in This
0: is the first, uh, this is the last time we see this in the shows we're covering, I think. Um, but actually, it might be in the next one too. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see when we get there. But where John Cena, for the, a while, is basically Psyduck in that he gets beat the fuck up for most of the match. And then he just gets mad enough that he, like, unleashes all of this power. But usually, you know, in the in the previous matches, it has not been enough, really, to secure him a victory, usually, other than against Big Show. But, um, yeah,
1: it, it, he sort of does well, that as a thing for a little bit, I think. I think they're trying to sell him as an underdog. Just here, it didn't work. This was the second-to-last match at WrestleMania, his first WWE title win against a guy who had been holding the belt for eight months. It just seemed like there yeah, should have no, it- more. I don't know if they were running out of... I don't know if they' were running out of time on this show or what, but that match went by so quick, and there was just no fanfare it yeah, weird. it's very strange
0: i also i this um this is sort of off topic, but I was just looking up I was just looking up uh bradshaw's Wikipedia page real quick, which normally you're the one that Wikipedia's things, but I was just a little curious, so I was looking it up. And um, I just wanted to read this this one little thing that you can keep this in or take it out, depending on whatever you want to do. But I just want to make it known. Um, quote from this. This is his first promo as, as LB, uh, JBL. His first promo was on the border between Texas and Mexico, where he hunted for incoming yep. illegal immigrants in order to win a quote-unquote Great American
1: Award. Yeah, he was having a rivalry with Eddie Guerrero, and they are like, well, what is Eddie Guerrero? Mexican. Okay, let's make this guy hate Mexicans. Yeah,
0: like, it's very—because fu- I feel like the WWE is at this time, and as we're going to see later, one of the good things to come out of the passage of time is that it becomes less fucked up, but, uh, that's pretty fucked up. Well, at least he's a bad guy. Yeah, fair enough. But he
1: does win a quote-unquote Great American Award. Yeah, fair. Enough. Well, I I don't know if he actually won the award. I think he might have like given it to himself. Ah, uh, fair like enough. That.
0: Okay, I, I yeah, makes sense.
1: I I gave this match a one star because it just it felt like I was disappointed in it. Uh, Cena celebrates his WWE title win. It's it's not too long after this. I believe it's on the next SmackDown where he brings out the blinged out spinning WWE title Fucking belt. Fucking super sick. Um. He feuds with JBL for about another month uh until they have their annual draft lottery which they have every or they started having every year to kind of mix up the shows where different shows would get to pick different wrestlers to to jump ship and you know SmackDown would pick somebody and they go and they'd come over from Raw Raw would get to pick somebody from SmackDown so John Cena gets drafted to Raw in uh in 2005 here uh, and that kind of opens up a whole new wealth of people he can uh, he can have feuds with. Uh, but it's not too long after this where people or the crowd starts to turn on him. Uh, and it's it's with his feud with Chris Jericho is the first time you really start seeing that. And I think it's just because people people wanted to keep liking Chris Jericho, and he just beats everybody forever. He beats Chris Jericho. He beats Christian. Um, he beats Kurt Angle. He, um, he's just constantly coming out and beating all the odds, uh, at New Year's Revolution at the beginning of 2006, he wins an Elimination Chamber match out of nowhere, it, it clearly looks like he's gonna lose and he wins anyway, and that's when Edge cashes in his Money in the Bank contract, which guarantees him a title shot at any time within a year, and he beats John Cena. So that John Cena holds holds that belt for about another 8 months before losing it to Edge. Cena picks it back up from Edge again. Um he, he he'll drop it to Rob Van Dam, he'll eventually get it back. Um but pretty consistently over the next, like, couple of years, John Cena is at the top so of the card. So do you think that that kind of um, starts
0: here with the with the JBL match? Like, this is where the John Cena always winning? And, I mean, even the way this match goes, where he just comes back at the end with, like you said, like three moves and then wins. Like, is that indicative of the, the future well, of his career?
1: Well, yeah, because, I mean, this is his first WWE title win, and he doesn't lose that title for eight months. And then he will drop it a couple times, but always ends up winning it again. He beats every opponent. Uh, it's at next year's WrestleMania, he ends up beating Triple H uh, by submission. So Cena busts out a new submission move he calls the STFU. Um, And uh, he eventually we get to this year, or we get to WrestleMania 23 is when he wrestles Shawn Michaels. And John Cena and Shawn Michaels – uh, they actually become tag team champions in the middle of their feud for the title, so that was kind of interesting. Where the tag team champions are having a match over the WWE championship, so they're both faces, and you know you can actually do a face versus face feud pretty well. Um, and he, John Cena beats Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23 by submission in a pretty good match, um, it, mostly because Shawn Michaels just fucking kills it at Wrestlemania Shawn Michaels can really wrestle just about anybody uh, as we've seen especially at Wrestlemania uh, I almost went with that match but I thought that their next match was a was a little bit more um, was a little bit better and a little bit more memorable uh, because they're going into a match at Backlash, John Cena's the WWE Champion, he's going against Shawn Michaels, Edge, and Randy Orton in a fatal four way but before that Shawn Michaels wants to prove that he can indeed beat John Cena so they schedule a match on Raw. Um, this is in 2007. This is in April of 2007 when they have this match in uh, in London, England. And uh, this match is interesting because it goes almost an hour. It goes about 50 minutes, uh, which is strange because matches on Raw or matches on TV rarely go over 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, and this ends up being one of the longest matches in longest singles matches in and- wrestling history. Or a WWE so history. So, how often is it that
0: on, like, Raw or SmackDown, you get two big names against each other? Because that seems a little bit rare, too.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say it would be pretty pretty often. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, they do that a lot uh, with buildups to feuds. A- and a lot of times you get two people who are maybe not such big names at the time, but later they uh. kind of end up being... So so I'd I'd say pretty pretty often they they like to every now and then you know every a a few times a year give a big give away a big match for free on TV to you know make people keep watching Uh, and that would especially happen a lot during the Attitude Era because TV was so important and ratings were so important so uh, that's pretty a pretty common thing this um. This match to me, so John Cena's been on his winning streak, and people are really starting to get tired of him. But this match to me shows that John Cena really can wrestle. He could put on a good match. Absolutely.
0: I I agree with that.
1: Uh, uh, Cena's music hits, and you can immediately hear people start booing. Uh, and, And JR's talking about their classic match at WrestleMania 23. Once they're both in the ring, the ref starts patting them down for weapons, which I think it's really funny. Is like they only do that like sometimes.
0: Yeah. I-, I thought that was interesting. They do it on really big matches, um, but I do think the cena we see come out here is much closer to the modern cena. We have no wraps,
1: we have no chains. Yeah, cena. Um... Cena has has pretty much dropped the uh, the rapper gimmick at this point. Uh, it's when when the Marine comes out, he starts to promote it. He starts wearing camo shorts and dog tags, which for a guy who you can't see to wear camo shorts, I mean Jesus! Like I don't know how you get yeah, more. Yeah, that invisible. is like stealth one hundred right there. Um. We start getting some good chain wrestling right off the back, which is impressive for Cena, because I don't really think of him like that. Uh, John Cena keeps trying to go for the STFU, but Michaels keeps getting out of it. Um, They start doing some trash talking, and Michaels slaps him, and Cena responds with a big right hand. Uh, And then we go to commercial, uh, without much really happening. Um, This is something that I think is weird.
0: And that is the cut to commercials in middle that? of the match because we come back and we're like in a different place than we were, uh, which is just I don't know. It's odd to me because I just never have experienced that. Well, it's
1: well, it's live. So I mean, when they go to commercial, they're not yeah, just no, stop. absolutely.
0: It's just uh, I don't know. It's strange because I'm I'm so used to pay per views with no commercials and being able to track everything. That, and there's one moment true. in this
1: match where I'm like, wait, how would we get here? Um, but we'll we'll get
0: to that a little bit later.
1: Yeah. I, I will say it is important to know that it's something that you might think is pretty interesting. When they're on TV, the ref actually is the one who will notify the wrestlers, hey, we're in commercial, so like slow oh. it down. So they try not to do anything during commercial. Sometimes they will just to make, I think part of the reason is to make it look like, oh, hey, anything can happen. Because a lot of times you'll come back from, a, from the break and they'll say, well, this happened during the commercial break. Um I don't think a match has ever ended during a Yeah, I would hope though. not. That would that would suck. I think I think I I think they did do it one time to promote their app to be like, "Oh, you can watch what you oh missed my on the God. app." That is They did that horrible. one time. That is exactly something Vince but, uh, McMahon would do and it's fucking horrible. But yeah, no, that that really um, never happens. But what were you what were you going to yeah,
0: say? So When it comes to Michaels here, how often is he still wrestling at this point? Is
1: he, I mean, is he a regular? Oh, he's, he, he is full time here. He's full time. He doesn't, he doesn't retire till 2009. So he is, he's, he's as full time as John Cena is. I don't know. He just
0: seems, I mean, obviously he's about 10 years older than the last time we, uh, we saw him. But man, he's already kind of old. Yeah, I mean, he is.
1: I mean, he's in his 40s at and this point. And you can point. tell, I think, in the um, wrestling.
0: It's not that the wrestling is bad. It's just that he used to, you know... His whole thing was that he kind of did some high-flying stunt shit.
1: I I don't know. I mean, I, I think Shawn Michaels' best work was during during his comeback era, after 2002. Because I think this match with Cena is really good, and then his his match with... Uh, with Undertaker in 2009 and 2010, those are both some of the best matches. And, and I of agree, all time. it's a good match. It's just I feel like his style has has shifted. It's different. It's different. Okay, I get you. Um, once we come back live, the crowd's going nuts, but uh, they're still not really actually wrestling. Uh, Cena gets Michaels in a side headlock. He gets a clothesline. Uh, Jerry Lawler talks about how Cena's reaction is different everywhere they go, although I think it's pretty much the same where half the people boo him and half the people cheer <laughs> him. But I do think it's it's interesting that they, you know, they doubled down on it. They went ahead and, and would acknowledge that at least that was happening, but they always tried to paint it as, like, who oh, he's controversial. There's a great
0: line from the commentary team where they're talking about, because they're talking about how Cena doesn't want to get hit with sweet chin music because, I mean, why would you? Um... But he says, sweet chin music can come from anywhere at any time. And that was just so funny to me because I'm like, me sitting here podcasting right now, like Shawn Michaels can just bust in and sweet chin music me out of nowhere.
1: There's a very funny moment where he's backstage and he's talking to Triple H and he's getting really angry and he walks up to this guy and he says, Hey, what's your name? He says, Stan. And he super kicks him and he walks back over to Triple H and he says, See how crazy <laughs> I am? I just kicked Stan. That's amazing. Um uh, we go back and we're we're just getting a a, a lot more of like that, you know, kind of ch- chain yeah, uh, technical wrestling. Uh Cena does try to go for an FU, but um uh, Michaels escapes by getting free and he goes to the outside. We go back to a commercial break. Once we're live, we're back in a side headlock. Um eventually uh Michaels hits the ropes and jumps at John Cena, but he catches him, hits him with a slam, gets a two count. Um Cena's now dominating with a suplex, a throwback. Um eventually Shawn Michaels is able to reverse the suplex into a neck breaker and hits his flying forearm. Both guys are now down. The ref is counting them out, and then at six, Michaels does his kip-up. Hits an atomic drop, a couple of rights, scoop slam, and then he's kind of holding his back. Of course, as we all know, he's got those back injuries. He goes up to the top, hits a diving elbow drop, and that's when he goes to the corner and starts tuning up the band, getting ready for sweet chin music. Uh, but just as he's going for it, Cena's kind of ducking it, so he uh, puts him in a back backsl- ah, backslide instead. Cena kicks out of that. Attempts a clothesline. Michaels ducks. Cena attempts a flying shoulder tackle. Cena misses, goes flying out of the ring. Um, that's when Michaels gets some hot, some of that high flying action you're talking about. Hits a slingshot plancha, but My, but Cena catches him in midair, throws him up on his shoulder. But Michaels gets free and shoves him right into the steel steps. That's when we go to. And I think commercial. here, uh, you know, we were talking about the crowd a minute ago, and I think that
0: this is really where you get to see like where Cena's fan base is. Because while they're cheering You can hear like the squeakers in the crowd The prepubescent boys being like Let's go Cena And then you just hear like from everyone else a deep Cena sucks <laughs> Which yes. I think is just hilarious The dichotomy His there. fans
1: are the children um, Imagine being like in a household Where your dad is like This is a Shawn Michaels household <laughs> No dad I like John Cena <laughs> That's amazing. Back live, uh, uh, Michaels is working on John Cena's arm. He slams him shoulder first into the ring post, uh, brings his arm down on the ring rope. Um, eventually, Cena fights back, hits a spinning side slam in the five-knuckle shuffle. He attempts the F.U., but Michaels reverses it, tries for a sweet chin music. Cena reverses that and hits the F.U., but Michaels kicks out at two and a half. And that's when we go to our next commercial break. When we come back, Cena's throwing him through the ropes. Um, and to the outside, Cena slams Michaels into the ring post. And he got a, he's got he got him in a bear hug as Michaels is selling that back injury. Cena sends Sean into the turnbuckle so hard he flips over and out of the ring. Uh, Michaels puts him back in the ring and goes to the top rope and nails a leg drop to the back of Michaels' head. Michaels kicks out two and a half. Cena tries for... a. Top rope FU But Shawn Michaels is able to fight out of it And hit a top rope powerbomb But Cena gets up Attempts that SDFU yet again Michaels kicks him off And now Cena's on the apron And Michaels tackles him And he hits the announce table face first Uh, Michaels takes off the top portion of the steel steps And tries to do a pile driver onto the bottom portion of him He did that at Wrestlemania And busted John Cena's head open But Cena is able to reverse it into a backdrop, uh, and then this is when we go to commercial. When we come back, and Cena is just on top of Shawn Michaels, beating on him. And I think the point there is they want to show again, oh that anything can happen. Like like when they come back, you're like you're immediately hooked in, and you're like, oh man, this is yeah. Going I just wild.
0: I, I thought it was crazy because it was like wait wh- because they were both sort of like on the ground, out of breath, and then suddenly <laughs> Cena's on top of him, beating the shit out of him, which I thought was just kind of crazy.
1: Well, you realize that time passed during of the course. Commercial, I realize right? that,
0: but I'm just saying, like it's jarring in the experience of watching gotcha. it, and then like
1: cutting away, cutting back. Yeah. Oh, now we're here. That's true because you're not like actually wa- like you're not actually seeing the commercial right exactly. Break. Um, Cena puts Michaels back in the ring, and then finally is able to lock in that SDFU he's been going for all match. Michaels is able to get to the bottom rope and break the hold. Michaels attempts Sweet Chin Music, but Cena reverses into the FU. Uh, Michaels reverses that and super kicks John Cena. The referee counts to two, but Cena gets his hand on the rope, breaking it up. Cena sends Michaels into the corner on the rebound. Cena lifts him up for the FU again. And just as he tosses him over, Michaels flips out of it and lands on his feet and hits that Sweet Chin Music out of nowhere And just collapses on Cena for the three count. 50 minute barn burner of a match. But I thought it was pretty damn good. Shows John Cena can really go. Lots of near falls. Lots of, you know, will they, won't they. I remember watching this at home and just like squirming around (laughs) in my seat.
0: (laughs) And I agree with you. Fantastic match. I'm going to say an hour's too long. An hour's too long for a wrestling match for me personally. Um i i I because feel you. at a certain point, especially it, one that doesn't have any fun like gimmicks, you know, just like a straight up wrestling match, yeah, but there are only so many ways you can
1: grab a man. I feel you, this may just be where we agree to disagree because I think it's great. I give it a four out uh, of five yeah
0: and i I think it was great, I think it was a fantastic match. I enjoyed it
1: I just um boy, did it go on that's true. We're uh, we're gonna take a uh, take a kind of a jump forward a few years. Um, not much really happens in Cena's career; more of the same. I think that's why he got a little bit stale. It would just be like, oh, here's his next big opponent, and he beats him, and you know he would just beat him and beat him and beat him. So we're gonna skip oh, ahead I, to 2011. I, I did
0: um, want to ask you. I I realized that uh, we we talked about this and then I didn't do it at all. Um, so why did you pick the the match with Shawn Michaels like what was it about that was it just Cena losing what is it that that you know sort of exemplifies in his career at
1: that point that made you say that is that's quintessential
0: to the Cena experience
1: I think that because that match was one that silenced some of his critics that said he can't wrestle or that you know he was boring or any of that to show that he can put an hour long match with Shawn Michaels on free TV. Lose clean. I thought that was that speaks volumes about John Cena and shows that he's more than what a lot of okay, people say he was. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I can totally see that. Um another another match that kind of does that is our next match at Money in the Bank twenty eleven. Um this was a really fun feud. Uh, that I didn't personally watch at the time, but just from what I know about it and from what I've seen about it, was pretty fun. Uh, Because this is where we, especially because it involved CM Punk, who people really loved, and he was able to kind of break the fourth wall a lot. Uh, The pre-match promo shows his infamous pipe bomb promo, where he broke character, he talked about you know how he was fed up with the direction the company was going, uh, that he, you know, referenced his time in Ring of Honor, which was, you know, something you didn't do. You didn't talk about other companies. Uh, and then he says he's going to walk out of the company as WWE champion because his contract is running out, which, while that was part of the storyline for him to say he was going to walk out, his contract really did run out. Um, they wanted to make it real, and... uh they did that by not renewing his contract as per the storyline that
0: is great to, i mean but they eventually did right like after yeah
1: yeah yeah um but no i i I
0: originally when i first saw him i did not care for mr punk but he kind of grew on me over the course of this match um i don't really know much about him because he's he's a bit newer and uh, outside of my my area of limited knowledge but uh
1: well, his gimmick is that he's straight edge, that he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do drugs, which he can do that in both a heel and a face way. He can be like, I'm a fa-, like as a face, he can be like, I am addicted to wrestling and competition. And then as a heel, he can be a real dick about it. Okay, um, yeah. He's technically a heel here, but he's in his own hometown of Chicago. Um, and this is one of those matches where the crowd is what makes it because the crowd is going nuts. I do have to say,
0: I think it is wild here to see how far the WWE has come because before this match, I don't know if you rewound far enough to see this, but we get an anti-bullying promo and I was like, wow, this is so different than the horny WWE that I, that I used to know. Um, and I'm not, and that's, that's a good so thing this, to me, honestly. Like, I think a lot of the changes are bad, and I don't like them, but that change to a more positive uh, environment, um, very good.
1: Yeah, they, they are no longer in the Ruthless Aggression era at this point. They, they've now turned PG, they used to be PG-13, the, all their shows are rated PG now. Uh, with that comes a lot of changes to John Cena's, uh set. so now the FU is called the Attitude Adjustment, and the SDFU is just called the STF. Um, Five Knuckle Shuffle still has the same name, though, for whatever reason. Do you reason. think um, that John
0: Cena's character, I mean, like, hmm, do you think he would have remained edgy if it had not been for the swap to PG? Like, do you think that that is really kind of what made the modern Cena as we know him, is that he kind of drove well, that he, forward?
1: he had gone full, full like, he was not edgy rapper anymore long before that. Fair so um I don't think he could have survived like that, because that, that gimmick just didn't have legs. It couldn't have lasted right. forever. Um, so, uh, Cena is coming in as the WWE Champion. CM Punk says he is going to walk out as the Champion. Um, They do make some references to the Montreal Screwjob, which we'll talk a little bit more about at some point in the future. But just so you know, Bret Hart was going to WCW as the champion. He was going to leave as the champion. Vince McMahon wasn't having any of that. So in real life, he called the match and called for the bell. Even though Bret Hart hadn't tapped out, and they they do a little
0: reference to that a little bit later
1: in this. Wow. Okay, image.
0: that's crazy. We definitely need to cover that in
1: more detail because I'm interested in in. The- uh, we will. It's on. It's Hell on yeah. the list. Um. Uh. Michael. Michael Cole even says that Punk has refused the latest contract offered to him. So as I mentioned, we're in CM Punk's hometown. Crowd goes crazy for him. Cena's music hits, and I don't think I've ever heard him booed that loudly before. <laughs> um they start wrestling they start doing some chain wrestling the crowd is booing everything cena does they start a you can't wrestle chant i did notice all the let's go there were some let's go cena chants and they all do yes. sound like children yes, here they
0: do and i think this was actually the match Michael i was thinking of earlier when i was talking about it i just realized like you can hear kids screaming for cena in the last one but here it's like very obvious that it is all children
1: uh Michael Cole does mention a nice little tidbit of history. He he talks about Cena's entrance at WrestleMania 22 where Cena came out like in this like old that was in Chicago and he came out in this old style car and he had like all these like gangsters in zoot suits coming out and CM Punk was one of oh, those gangsters. Oh wow. Uh they do that a lot with wrestlers who you know are local talent they'll they'll recruit them to be extras and stuff. So uh it was a little tit- nice tidbit that Michael Cole brought up, and so they're... Uh, it's kind of showing how things come so, full and circle. And
0: Cena here is really repping Punk. the company, right? Like he is.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole storyline here. Is that they're like, well, Cena is protecting us. He's going to keep the WWE title and not let it, not let CM Punk take so it. So it's
0: him. weird to me because has the company in, in so far as the story? Because usually the company is bad. Like, Vince is permanent heel. He's he's pretty much never a face, right? Like, uh, that I can think of. So it's kind of strange that you have, like, someone representing him who is such a face.
1: You're in this weird... You're in this weird scenario where Cena's half-liked, half-hated. Punk is a heel, but he's... But everyone still loves him. So, really, the whole heel-face thing is kind of lost.
0: Yeah, but I was just thinking of, like, when um, Austin... Really, it's, does, it's, When he teams with Vince and teams with the company, he
1: becomes a heel there, right? Yeah. Well, I think more of what it is here is Cena's the champion, so it's more like Cena's kind of caught in a weird place. He's not He's not really aligned with Vince McMahon. He's just, well, I'm the champion. I want to keep my title because I want me gotcha. to Gotcha, and champion. that just so happens it's less to, to line about, up with like,
0: Vince's... Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's kinda I think what they kinda do is they kind of put him as like being a guy who's caught in the middle of it. Interesting. Um the the crowd pops pretty hard. Uh we get some back and forth and the crowd pops pretty hard for Punk when he's able to hit a drop kick and a hip toss. Cena attempts an attitude adjustment but Punk gets out. Punk attempts a go to sleep, which is kind of like an FU, except for instead of flipping them over, he drops him right on his knee. Um Punk's getting some several hard kicks on Cena. Cena gets a bulldog. That's when we're getting those dueling chants of let's go Cena and Cena sucks. Um, Cena attempts that AA again, but Punk reverses into a DDT. We're on the outside now. Punk has Cena draped over the apron, goes to the top rope and comes off with a knee to the back of Cena's head, but only gets a two count on that one. Um... Cena tries for the STF back in the ring, but Punk gets out of it, Clothesline Cena to the mat. Uh, Cena charges Punk in the corner, but Punk gets his boot up, and then Punk goes to the top rope and tries for a crossbody, but hits Cena in the knee. It was almost kind of like a botch there, but they they do try to sell that as like a Cena knee injury. Um, Cena's on the ring apron now, and Punk tries to suplex Cena into the ring, but Cena instead suplexes Punk over and out to the floor instead. Um uh Booker T makes a really good Rocky. Tour yes he does. <laughs> where he's he's like he's like Cena's starting to win over the crowd because he's like Ivan Drago in Rocky, and I'm like, but he's not winning over the crowd. It's just like the kids that are chanting for him that were chanting for him the whole time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think they're I mean, they're trying to remind us like, hey, you like John Cena, guys. Everyone likes John Cena, right? You guys like him. I'm pretty sure you like John That's, Cena. Yeah.
1: yeah, hold your nose and take your dose <laughs> of John Cena. <laughs> um, Cena goes for that five-knuckle shuffle, but Punk kicks him right in the head, sends him to the outside and falls up with a suicide dive to the floor. Uh, Punk puts Cena back in the ring and goes to the apron, springboards off of it, but Cena moves out of the way, so Cena hits the five-knuckle shuffle... Attempts that AA once again, but Punk flips out, lands on his feet, gets a bunch of kicks, lifts him up for the GTS, but Cena reverses it into a suplex. Cena goes for that AA once again. Punk counters and pushes Cena into the ropes and hits two hard knee lifts right into his face and follows that up with a bulldog. Um, I do really like the story that they're telling here in general of just like, you know, Punk wants to beat Cena because he wants... He wants that to, he just wants to screw with people that's his whole his whole yeah thing no I, I think it's a very
0: good uh very good storytelling um but I do think that something is a little bit lost here, and it's something that really bothers me in the next match, and that's that we don't get a lot of like on mic time for these guys anymore like it feels like everything is done in promos uh, in packages rather that are aired beforehand that bring you up to speed on the feud. But, like, we don't get a lot of stuff from the wrestlers themselves, which I really miss. Well,
1: and I think, I think, I think part of that is because we're watching these just as the matches themselves. We're not watching a whole show. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff happens on Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that. So it's not that that stuff isn't happening. It's just not happening in the format that okay, we're watching. I gotcha.
0: Um, that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Um, Cena eventually gets that, gets that, uh, STF locked in, Punk gets to the ropes. Um, eventually, Punk goes off for another springboard crossbody, but gets caught, Cena lifts him up into the AA, um, but Punk reverses it into a GTS, but just as Cena's head is coming down on his knee, Cena grabs the leg and locks in the SDF. I thought that was a really cool spot. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Uh, I love the I love the multiple like the chain of of finisher reversals. Those those yeah, really it's like I'm going. playing the fucking WWE game. Yeah, it is. Except for it's kind of more the other way around because the game is based on yeah. The no, real. I'm just saying because
0: like in that game you have so many reversals. That, like, you just save them up, and then you just start trading finishers on each other.
1: Cena eventually gets that STF again, but Punk counters it into his own submission, the Anaconda Vice. Cena gets up to his feet and hits the AA, and Punk kicks out at 2.99. Cena goes to the top rope and dives off, but Punk catches him with a powerbomb. Another last-minute kickout. Punk tries for that GTS again, but Cena's able to get free and go to the apron. Guillotines Punk on the top rope, follows that up with a top rope leg drop, another near fall. Cena hits yet another attitude adjustment, and Punk kicks out again. Uh, Lots of kickouts here. And this is kind of one thing people complain about is too many finisher kickouts. And it's good in really big matches, but sometimes you can overdo it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think that's definitely true because I mean, and this again has the problem of uh what these longer matches that are one-on-ones that have like like where do you take it? Like once you do all your finishers and once you kick out of them, once you reverse them, where do you take the match?
1: Yeah. You got to do something innovative. But I think what they do at the end here is pretty is pretty cool and does do some good storytelling. Uh, where where Punk is finally able to hit the the GTS, but he's too close to the ropes, so Cena falls out of the ring. So Punk is trying to get Cena back in the ring as Vince McMahon and the head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis walk out and stand on the entrance ramp. That distracts Punk long enough for Cena to lock in the SDF, and Vince McMahon starts calling for the bell to be rung, just like in the Montreal screw job. So he's basically saying, ring the bell, regardless of whether he taps out and want to keep the title. Cena does something pretty cool here, and he's like, no, I'm not winning that way. I want to win by my own hand. He goes out, clotheslines Laurinaitis, but when he comes back in the ring, he gets caught with a GTS, and Punk covers for the three count. The crowd absolutely explodes. McMahon is completely, looks utterly defeated. The announce table goes silent. The crowd's going nuts. Um, I gave this one five yeah, out of five it's... stars, but I know you no, not No, I, 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 I thought it
0: was great. I just, again, you know, the... It didn't go on as long as the uh, Shawn Michaels, but it it did go on a bit, uh, dragged a bit to me. Just because, like, and as a layperson, I think, like, when I don't really, like, I can't call all the wrestling moves yet because I'm not that, um, not that well-versed at this point, but it does get a little bit monotonous after a little while, um...
1: I I, I I understand how that how that can go. And and that's and that's the style of wrestling kind of kind of favors that way a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to. Because they can't do so, as as crazy of stuff, so they have to stick with what they can but do. But I'm just in the like, ring.
0: man, somebody get me a table. Somebody somebody get me a table. <laughs> um, but I do think that it was a great. I'm match, sorry there weren't think... there
1: wasn't enough furniture.
0: There was not any furniture in this whole this whole set list of matches. But that said, I did enjoy them uh, without the furniture as much. Well, there as was I loved a the chain
1: furniture. and some brass knuckles.
0: That's true. That's true. We did get a, a lot of chain. Um, but I think that here with with CM Punk, I think the story was great. And then like CM Punk running into the crowd after um, Vince calls in. Uh, I forgot the guy's name to try to get the title back immediately. Alberto Del but- Rio yeah I thought that was yeah. fun i I, I think was, that it's cool because it I didn't know about the the you said it's the Montreal screw job is the name of it? yes uh, i I didn't know about that, but I think it's cool that they take something like uh you, you know you take a a botch, you take a near miss on on something disastrous, and then you turn it in, you wind it back into the story intentionally to build that tension and make it feel real. Um, And that's the way yeah. that wrestling, I suppose, now plays around with kayfade is really interesting to me because they like they know that everyone knows that it's fake, right? But you're playing around with how much of it is actually real. Like, are we walking the line of breaking kayfade and botching, or is it all a part of Vince McMahon's gigantic spider web?
1: And that... Is wrestling, you've understood it now. Because like you've and, you know opened they opened your third eye.
0: This is true. I suppose I have. But I I mean they do that all the time with uh with stuff with wrestler contracts or like someone suing the company and like yeah. psych it's actually all it's all a part of the story.
1: Yeah. No, and it's really fun when they do that. Sometimes it doesn't work so well, but when it does work well it's it makes for some of the best stories. Um Let's go on to our final one here. Um, this one's pretty interesting because uh, it's a match that, you know, maybe a lot of people probably thought would never happen. The Rock versus John Cena at uh, at WrestleMania 28. Um, this is in 2013. Uh, the Rock's last WrestleMania match was WrestleMania 20. Interestingly, John Cena's first WrestleMania huh. match. Um, so uh, The Rock has been... Uh, pretty much absent entirely from the company, until 2011, he comes back to be... From 2004 to 2011, he doesn't make any appearances whatsoever. Not wrestling, not in a promo, nothing. So for seven years, we don't see The Rock on WWE TV. He comes back in 2011 uh, to be the host of Raw, uh, in that he kind of uh, shoots... Or not shoots on some people, but he, he disses a lot of guys, including John Cena, in that promo... Uh, coming back, and then at WrestleMania 27, the main event is John Cena versus The Miz, and The Rock costs John Cena the match, and then The Rock challenges John Cena to face him at the next year's WrestleMania, which is an unprecedented event to to challenge someone to a match in a year.
0: Yeah, that is, uh,
1: but I mean, that just, I guess, goes to show how much they were building this hype. They built it up for a year. They uh, called it Once in a Lifetime. They did this whole, like, uh, they did, like, a documentary about it. Um, uh, although, they call it Once in a Lifetime, although, the next year at WrestleMania, they have a reason.
0: <laughs> but I do have to say, this is just so hugely impressive it, in the size of this arena, and all the fans, like, holy shit, it was,
1: it was gigantic. This... This WrestleMania is also the most purchased WrestleMania of all time, which is a record that likely will stand forever now that they have the WWE Network uh, and you automatically get all the pay-per-views with your subscription. So, uh, that's a record that probably will never be broken and probably because it was main-evented by The Rock versus John Cena.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something that, like, can you imagine two more iconic wrestlers? Because I think... These are probably the two most popular wrestlers of their
1: respective eras. Um. I I think the only thing bigger you could really get would be Austin Hogan. Uh, We missed our shot on that one. Um, It's very comparable. uh, At WrestleMania 18, the Rock and Hulk Hogan had a match, and they kind of actually do a little throwback to that at the beginning of this one when they have that really intense stare down. Uh, but yeah, no, this is uh, this is iconic. I mean, this is an iconic moment. That's just the moment itself is going to live on in wrestling history.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the one thing I have, I've got a gripe, and it's kind of my same gripe from earlier. I just hate that you put Rock in the ring and you don't hand him the mic. Like that's where the Rock is. He just shines. Like, that's I, true.
1: But here's the thing: at, at your WrestleMania and stuff like that, that's when you do your you know, you do your wrestling. You don't do a lot of I backstage stuff. I know, but it's stuff. The
0: Rock and it's what he's just so damn
1: good at. Well, you can go up and look some of his pro- look up some of his promos on John Cena and I'm sure you'll have a I great know, time. I know, but it's fun. The to see Rock's one of the few guys the that the WWE the Do- the Rock's one of the few guys that the WWE would still let uh not script his promos. And
0: when did that happen? Was that the scripted promos? Did that happen with Attitude Era? Uh, I mean, with the not yeah, Attitude Era. I'm sorry, with the PG era. Um, okay, just because yeah. they didn't want anyone saying anything you know fucking crazy on mic. I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, I guess they were just trying to make the product a little more family. But to me,
0: that takes away so much because to me, a wrestler is not just what they do in the ring, but it is the personality they build and it's how they are willing to... how well they can improv um, that makes it. Yeah. mm, Yeah, that's just... that's one reason why I don't really like the newer stuff as much as I like the stuff we've been covering a lot.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. When Cena comes out, he's mostly booed again. Uh, Rock's music hits and the fans go nuts. This is also in Miami. Uh, The Rock's hometown. But could you imagine being, like, some of the Cena fans in that audience? And I'm not taking anything away from John Cena. This whole episode is meant to build up John Cena and show you that he's, you know, not just a bland, boring guy. Isn't it
0: crazy?
1: But could you imagine being a John Cena fan in a match against The Rock in his hometown? That's like being a Jets fan in Dallas for a Cowboys game. Yeah, no, that's... (laughs) That
0: is wild. Um, But isn't it crazy because you did you did neglect to mention that um, Mr. Sean Diddy Combs does uh, does open this number. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to, but I'm bringing it up because it's important because isn't it wild that we like we know that he put a hit out on someone and we still just like let him do shit. Like we still let him just like perform at WrestleMania
1: I mean, there's a lot of people that like have I done know, it's shit. It's weird that, that it's
0: like this family friendly environment, and we're like, and here's P. Diddy. Everyone, look at how nice and family friendly he is. And like, he
1: straight up had a man killed. I mean, wrestling is not really. Okay, we're talking about a company that went to Saudi Arabia. Okay, for You're right. <laughs> So we start off with that intense stare down and uh, get to Let's go Cena <laughs> oh, Cena suplex. You missed
0: another important part of this match. You didn't even oh, mention Florida. Okay,
1: fine. <laughs> Miami's own Florida.
0: What and and they perform to for the Rock. They perform to announce his entrance into the ring.
1: I don't know why they did this, but Fine, whatever. Anyways,
0: I'll let you actually talk about the wrestling now. I'm sorry.
1: No, I don't want to. You talk okay. about the wrestling. Muscle boys.
0: They are staring at each other hard. And then um then they start hitting, hitting. They do they do some hits. There are several moments where you think one of them might win.
1: Okay, I got to stop this now. <laughs> Let's get into it. So eventually, we go to the outside pretty quick. Uh, Rock charges at Cena. Cena pulls the top rope down, and Rock goes flying out there. Cena slams him in the guardrail and then slams him in the announce table. Covers, but only gets three. Uh, eventually, Rock is able to get the other hand and nails a snap DDT. Both guys are up. Cena starts firing away, but Rock comes back and hits a flying clothesline and a spine buster. He sets him up for the people's elbow, but Rock grabs his ankle and goes for the SDF. Rock kicks out of it. Cena hits a spit-out side slam and then the five-knuckle shuffle. He goes for the AA, but the Rock gets out of it, and then both guys collide with clotheslines. The ref is counting them out, but once they're up, they start trading rights. Rock does a, does a you-can't-see-me. So Cena scoops him up and hits an attitude adjustment for two and a half. So as Cena's pulling the rock up, the rock hits the rock bottom, another two and a half. So we're trading finishers not too late into this thing. Um, A little bit later, Cena goes for yet another AA. The rock gets out of it, spears Cena, and puts him in the sharpshooter. Cena's able to pull himself to the bottom rope, break the hold, but the rock drags him back to the center, locks it in again, Cena drags back to the bottom rope, breaks it yet again, and then we're on the outside. Um, I'm really liking what they're doing here. Uh, they're, the commentary team is really selling this pretty well, um, talking about how Cena needs to win. You know, they say, "Well, The Rock, you know, he's going to go back to Hollywood. He's going to go back and do his movies." But Cena needs this. Yeah,
0: I, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was that was a cool aspect because. One problem that I kinda had with this match is that there's not a lot of deep story here. It's just like two dudes that are they're big dudes in the company, or, or one of them was a big dude, I suppose. And now they're gonna duke it out and that's historic because they're just so well known. But there's no like personalized beef, you know? But making that point about Cena, you know, being sort of this is his life and the rock is gonna go back and do the rock's own thing, I thought that really went to sell the story a little
1: bit more. For sure. Um, eventually, uh, Cena gets an, an STF. The Rock starts fading, so the referee is checking to see if he's lost consciousness, but The Rock stays in it, crawls to the bottom rope. He hits Cena with a Samoan drop. Both guys are up eventually, and The Rock starts hammering at Cena. Cena hammers back. Rock tries for The Rock bottom, but Cena reverses it into the AA. Rock reverses that into a spine buster. And here it is, the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Takes off the elbow pad and hits the people's elbow, but still Cena kicks out. Um, Cena slingshots Rock into the top turnbuckle, follows up with a roll-up. Then Cena puts Rock on the top turnbuckle, Rock shoves him off, flies through the air with a crossbody... But Cena catches him, rolls through, puts the rock on his shoulders, hitting the AA, and the rock kicks out at 2.999999999999. And so Cena has finally had enough. He looks like he's going to do the five-knuckle shuffle again, but instead he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And he pulls off his armband and He goes for his version of the people's elbow, but the rock is up and catches him with a rock bottom, and the rock pins him one, two, three. Yeah thought it was great and interesting and great storytelling uh definitely not the best match either of these two guys have ever had, but uh, I gave it a 3.75. yeah 5. I thought
0: it was i mean I thought it was good I, I thought that I, you're right, it's not the best match I ever, either of them have ever had. It's interesting to see them go up against each other. I thought the ending was interesting because I mean i guess i, I I'm like, well you know you'd think that that the rock would lose because um he's not really in the company anymore. Uh, as As frequently, but I guess at this point you don 't really need to put Cena over because he 's already on top, like you there 's no point in it
1: yeah i you know typically you would have the the younger guy win, but I think here it worked to have the rock win because he 's just back and he 's the rock he's he 's just so much more different than anyone else so you need to have the rock win at WrestleMania. Uh, they end up giving it back, giving Cena the win back the next year when they wrestle again in their once in a lifetime rematch. <laughs> twice in a lifetime. Uh, uh, at WrestleMania 29, it's actually for the WWE Championship because The Rock actually ends up scoring a win in over CM Punk and getting the, the WWE Championship, getting another run with it for a little while. Um, uh, but Cena takes it back from him. And uh, that ends up being The Rock's last true match. Uh, he does wrestle one more time at WrestleMania 32 in 2016 in nine seconds. He has a nine-second match. Who is it against? Um, Eric Rowan. It was a, It was a like, it, they were doing a promo, and The Rock came out and just beat him up. Rock bottomed him and pinned him. And I don't think that really yeah. counts as a match, but in the record books it does. So,
0: you know just as we're as we're closing out here with John Cena um has he been has anyone ever been on top for longer than John Cena
1: um i don't i don't know i mean honestly i don't think so i mean john cena really uh gets on top in 2005 and it's only until pretty recently that he's you know Drops down, so I. I and I'd what say are no. his What are his years active like, like fully
0: uh, full time wrestler? What's his What's his runtime there?
1: So it's from about two thousand two to two thousand seventeen is when he is when he started uh, started kind of going he gets on top. Two
0: thousand five, so, so like this man spent more than
1: a decade dominating wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, he wins his first world title in 2005, and he ah, wins his last one in 2016. So, I mean, that's, you know, 16 titles across
0: 11 years. And, And that's just, that's so crazy to me. That's so wild.
1: But I think that, you know,
0: for all the shitting that people do on John Cena, um this this set of matches has has made me actually respect him a little bit more. Um and I think that he has done something, you know, because I, I you could say he was on top the whole time because they just let him be, but he has led the company and he's led this almost resurgence in the WWE. Like they are only as popular as they are now I think
1: because of John Cena. And you can't deny that he's a money maker. Absolutely. He
0: just is. Absolutely he is.
1: And I think that he almost shepherded the,
0: the company through the transition to the PG era. I, I don't know. You might give me some pushback on that, but... I, I would agree with you. Just because, I mean, his character made that flip from from rapper to good guy sort of before the company made that flip on a grander scale. So, I, I don't know. It was almost to me like he was a pilot for where the company would end up going. He's... He's like the human version of WWE Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways I mean, he kinda is He's kind of the embodiment of the company
1: Wow, that's beautiful You really know your wrestling, don't you? Yeah, that's why Do you fake not knowing wrestling? Huh? Do you fake not knowing wrestling? Indeed I do, I know everything about wrestling Ask me a question Name a wrestler.
0: Todd. T-
1: Todd. Who? Todd Todd. You know what? A wrestler is probably named Todd somewhere, so <laughs> congratulations. You are the ex- Clearly I am I am the best. Well, that about does it for this edition of Turnbuckle Training. We want to encourage you to watch along with us. Uh, So next week, we'll be discussing the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon feud. Uh, Probably the biggest feud in wrestling history. So we're going to go through another series of matches, kind of like what we did here. We'll be posting that over on our Twitter. Uh, That's at Turnbuckle Training. And uh,
0: if I can just throw in here, let us know what you think about this kind of style of us covering one person or one storyline. I enjoyed this a lot. Um... But let us know what you think uh, and what you, you know, if you like us doing shows more or if you like us doing wrestlers more. Yeah. Talk to us. Be our friend. We'll be watching on the WWE Network, but since Vince McMahon isn't signing our checks to promote their app, feel free to bootleg it and we won't snitch on you.
1: Yeah, again, like I said, you can keep up with us 24-7 on Twitter, at Turnbuckle Train. Also uh, give us a shout out on uh, on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast, give us a review over there. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe so that you can get us right on your phone every week you don't have to go looking for us. Thanks for listening. It's me, the Knuckles don't lie,
0: and they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch. I did this, but not